John chapter 14, today's word, I entitled it, The High Way. Not the highway, but the high way. Praise the Lord. John chapter 14, verse 6. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When you look through the Bible, in Acts it says that they were of the way. The way. The way of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 55. Turn with me there. Our scriptures are John 14, 6, where Jesus says, I am the way. And Isaiah chapter 55, we all know this, but if you would turn that to me, uh, turn with me there to Isaiah 55, verses 6 through 11, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Isaiah 55, verses 6 to 11, seek the Lord. While he may be found, call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord. And he will have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Isn't it wonderful that God calls us to return to him, come to him, Repent and come to God because he is abundantly compassionate, full of mercy. He wants to pardon us. He wants to forgive us. He wants to come into that place of his presence where he can manifest his love upon us. Amen. Thank God that there's a God who calls us to himself and does not drive us away. Amen. And so thank God that he's a God of compassion and mercy. In verse 8. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. You know, when someone wrongs us, when someone does us harm, oh boy, do we want to get them good, don't we? Huh? But that's not, but think about it. Every one of us has harmed with our words and actions, has harmed the Lord in a sense. That God has every right to respond to us with wrath and with, uh, with vengeance. But that is not how God responds to us because he says, my thoughts are not yours. I don't think the way that natural man thinks where natural man wants to get vengeance. Well, you hit me. Well, I'll hit you twice as hard. That's not how God operates. Thanks be to God because his fist is bigger than mine. How many of you know that? Huh? But he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. I don't think your way. He says, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God says my ways are higher than your ways, our ways. And that's why Jesus says, I am the way. What way? He's the higher way. He's the way that is higher than the ways of this earth. His ways are higher than our ways. We, our ways, think in one level, on one plane, of earthly plane, but God thinks on higher ways than, than we do. He's a, he's a heavenly, he's a God of all creation, and his ways, his thoughts are higher than us, and he thinks more highly of us than we think of ourselves. That's why his thoughts are not our thoughts, and his ways are not our ways. And Jesus says, I am the way. So what is the high way? Jesus. 
is the high way. His way is a ways way above the ways of this earth. That's why God calls us to Jesus. He's lifting us up. He's not putting us down. He's bringing us up to a higher way. I want to tell you this. John says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. What does that mean? God wants to bring us higher in him, higher from the dregs and the, the despair and the things of this earth. He wants to bring us into a higher way of his way, which is a way of hope and peace. God says, I have a hope in a future. My plans for you are not of evil, but of good. Hallelujah. I want to give you three things this morning. High places, number one, high places. High places, when you look at the word of God, high places are, are things that uh, you look up to. When something is high, you have to look up to it. And the Bible says that throughout the Old Testament, that people always went to high places to build places of worship, to idols and to all manner of things. And that's where, because high place, you look up to things. And so evils, idolatrous worship was, was when high places are mentioned in the Bible, it's high places of idolatry, of idolatrous worship. And it's all contrary to the word of, of, of the Lord. You see, in Deuteronomy chapter 12, write these verses down. We're not going to go there and read through them. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 1 to 14. The Bible says that God's desire was always for his people to worship him. To worship him. Remember when, when, when the, the, the devil took Jesus, when Jesus was out in the wilderness and the devil took him up. And he said to Jesus, he said, look, all these kingdoms are, are mine. He said, just worship me, bow down and worship me, and I'll give you all these kingdoms. And Jesus turned to him and says, get thee behind me, Satan. Worship God alone and serve God alone. God's desire from day one was for a people to know the wonders of his love and to worship him, to love him, and to praise his name. This is what God's desire. And God set houses, places of, of worship on the earth where people can come together to worship him. The BCC, Bloomsburg Community Church, is a place that God has set apart on this earth for us to come together and to worship God, to praise God, to sing his praises and to receive his word. But it says in Deuteronomy that they, people, Rather than going to the house of the Lord, they went to high places and they began to worship things and people other than God. Anything that you put above God is a high place that, that brings idol worship. When God is never meant to be second place in our life, God is always meant to be first place in our lives. Amen. And so when the devil tried to overthrow God, he said, I will, I will ascend, I will, I will, I will go higher than God. And no one or no thing can go higher than God. And nothing, God does not want us to put God, him second place in our lives. He needs to be first place in our lives and everything else in our life will come together. Hallelujah. The Bible says in those verses, seek to be in the house of the Lord. God says that if you love me, seek to be in my house. 
And when people do not seek first the, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, when they don't seek the house of the Lord above all things, something else is in their life that is taking precedence over seeking the house of the Lord. This is not me speaking. You look through the word of God, especially in that verse there. It says, I want you to come to my house and worship me, says the Lord. But you choose to do other things with your time than come to worship me in my house. You go to these high places, things you look up to, and you serve them. But you don't take that time to serve me when I should be above all things. You see, when we, put, when we look up to other things and put them as more important than our time of being in the house of the Lord... The word of God says that's not good. That's not right. God wants us also in those verses. He said, not only read those verses. I'm not making this up. Read those verses. He says, not only do I want you to seek my house and come into my house to worship me, but I want you to come into my house with your tithes and with your offerings. And if you don't come with tithes and offerings, the Bible says it. He says it in there. Then, then you're, you're, you're disgracing, you're not giving honor to the name of the Lord. The Bible, wherever you look in the Bible, wherever God calls people to come and worship, he always calls them to bring with them tithes and offerings. Hello? That's part of worship. You cannot, listen to me, this is the word of God, it's not me. You cannot worship God with words alone. We must worship God with tithes and offering. This is scriptural. This is what the Bible says. That if you love me and worship me, bring your tithes into the storehouse. Prove me, says God. Prove me. Every place in the word of God, especially in there in Deuteronomy, come seek me and come into my house and bring with you tithes and offerings. And that shows that you love me. Not me, God. Praise the Lord. In 2 Kings chapter 12, the Bible says that God wanted them to build his house, not the house of idols. And so God wants us to continue to build and grow his place that he has set apart for his name. In 1 Kings chapter 14 and in Psalm 78, 58, the Bible says that Judah provoked God, provoked God by continuing to go to high places rather than to the house of the Lord. Judah, the tribe of Judah, Judah means praise. These Judah was a tribe that was set apart to praise God. And Judah, the praisers, the ones who were supposed to be praising God, were, were, were going places other than to God's house, and they were praising other things more than they were praising God. But God said, Judah, you're supposed to be a people who praise me. And yet you're going and you're praising idols. You're putting things up above me and praising those things and not praising me. And God says that, that Judah provoked him because they continued in sin and idolatry. And God let 
let them go to their own ways. You see, praising God is something that has to be in our lives. Nothing could be more weak. There's nothing greater to praise than God. No one, nothing that is, that is worthy of any praise but God. And so Judah, you see, he was talking to his people. Judah, you're my people who appraise me. Don't be putting other things above me. Don't be, stop it. God told Judah, stop it. Stop it. Stop praising other things. Stop praising other things. And praise me above all things. God is always challenging and warning his people to come and praise him. And Judah just kept on turning a deaf ear to the Lord and continued to do what seemed right in their own eyes. How many of you know that never gets you anywhere? Whenever you continue to do what seems right in your own eyes, in your ways, that's why God says my ways are higher than your ways. If we were left to our ways, we would go down into the depths of despair and destruction and we would be pining away. But when we walk in the ways of the Lord, we're walking up steps. Steps of blessing, steps of prosperity, steps of growth, steps of goodness and gladness, steps of joy. When you're walking with God, you're walking upward. When we're walking in our own ways, we're walking downwards. And sometimes we fall down the stairs and tumble and get hurt. How many of you know if you fall downstairs, you're going to get hurt? God never wants us to walk down. He wants us to walk up. Hallelujah. And that's why in Leviticus chapter 26, it, it verses uh, 29 to 34, God says in those verses, I've warned you, I've, I, I've been telling you time and again, get rid of these things in your life that you put above me. And since you don't want to get rid of them, I will get rid of them for you. But there will be consequences because you did not choose to remove them and I had to remove. God is jealous over your life. And God says to his people, I've told you time and again to get these things out of your life and you didn't do so. I'm going to remove them, but there's going to be consequences. And the Bible says that the people, when God removed them, they started pining. They started, why did these things go away? God says, I took them away for your own good, for your, so you could be blessed rather than, than walk in, 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 in darkness. You see, high places are not things that just pop up out of nowhere. You know, when you're on your computer sometimes and you're surfing the net and something pops up, they call it a pop-up. You know, high places just don't pop up and, oh, there they, where did that come from? No, we build high places. That's what the Bible says. And let me, let me write these verses down. 1 Kings chapter 11. Uh, well, chapter 11 and, ver and chapter 12 of 1 Kings. We're not going there now, but you look in those verses there, and it talks about Solomon and his failure and his death. You see, in Deuteronomy 17, 17, the Bible forbade. It, it just told God's people that you are not to intermarry or marry heathen wives. That if you marry, you are to marry a believer within the, the faith, within the tribes, and he says, don't marry outside. Don't marry heathen wives who don't believe in me. Why? Was God a mean God? Is he an ogre? Or were those women outside there, uh, uh, you know, no. God knew that if, they, if you hook up with someone who does not believe God, 
it's going to affect you. And it's going to turn you from your ways and your walk with the Lord who wants you to walk higher. An unbelieving spouse will get you to walk downward, lower, or away from the Lord. God forbade the, forbade the kings to marry heathen wives. But you know what happened? Solomon. Solomon. Incredulous. It's amazing. Solomon. A man who God blessed with wisdom and riches more than any man on the face of the earth, even to this day. Solomon had riches that boggle the mind. He had, but he took to himself, he, he knew the word of God. He knew the word of God. We know the word of God, don't we? But let it be a warning to all of us. Solomon knew the word of God. He didn't lack for anything. He had everything, but he took to himself heathen wives in violation of the word of God. How many of you know that if we violate God's word, I don't care who we are. If you violate God's word, if we violate God's word, there will be consequences in our lives. God does not want, you know, the, you know there was a program, Truth or Consequences. And when, when you didn't have the truth, that you got consequences, pie in the face or something like that. And so the Bible is that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. God does not want us to pay the consequences of violating his word. That's why he says, walk in my ways. My ways are higher than your ways. And so Solomon took to himself heathen wives, and you know the story. They got him to turn from walking with the Lord to walking with idolatry, in, in idolatry. The Bible even says that Solomon, he built shrines on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. He built shrines to other gods. He built high places. A man who claimed to know God built, allowed high places to take place, not only in his life, but he... In How many of you know what you do affects others? Solomon should have known better, shouldn't he? We should know better, shouldn't we? That's why the Bible says examine yourselves. We cannot allow anything to come into our lives through anyone, whether it be a spouse, a family, it doesn't matter who. We cannot allow things to come into our life that would make us put something higher than God in our lives. And Solomon listened to his wives. He had too much too much heathen advice, too much wife advice in that sense of ungodly wife, not a, not a godly wife, of ungodly woman. And he allowed them to take him away from worshiping God with all his heart. And to make it even worse, God appeared to Solomon twice, spoke to him twice and warned him, Solomon, stop building high places, repent and turn back to me. God, the Bible says that God appeared to him twice in Gibeon and in Jerusalem and he, he commanded Solomon, he told him to stop and stop what you're doing. Stop putting high places up where people are going to walk away from me and worship other things in their lives. And Solomon didn't take heed. With all the wisdom and all the knowledge he had of God, he didn't take heed. That's why we need to be careful in our lives that God is number one 
that we seek to worship God above everything else. That God is my supplier. God is my lover. God is my everything. If I seek him first, his kingdom and his righteousness, everything else will be added to me. Nothing is going to be higher than my, my desire for the Lord. In 1 Kings chapter 14, it says the people of Judah chose to build high places. In 2 Kings 17, 9, it says the people of Israel chose to build high places. It says that they refused in 2 Kings 17. They refused to listen to his prophets and they made their necks become stiff. And they refused to believe the word of the Lord their God. We've got to take the word of God to heart and say, yes, Lord, I believe your word. What your word says, I want to do. I want to live according to the word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. And we must, because we build high places. See, God told Solomon, stop building and destroy them. But he didn't do it. Because we put high places in our lives, we are the one responsible to pull them down and destroy them. We must take the high places out of our lives and tear them down. There were men in the word of God. In 2 Chronicles chapter 14, Asa and Jehoshaphat. And Asa, he was zealous for the Lord. And, and, and he tore down high places. And listen, in, in, in this verse, it's in the chapter, it says, that there was a high place made to idolize and worship his grandmother. His grandmother. And Asa went and said, stop worshiping my grandmother. And he destroyed that place of worship for his grandmother. You see, there's people in this world, not just then, but that's a warning. That we start worshiping. It's, people start to worship family members. Worshiping grandmothers and grandfathers and mothers and fathers and aunts and uncles. And they put them up on high pedestals and they begin to worship them. And some people, I've, over the years, I've heard to say, well, you know, I go to that church because my grandmother went there and my grandmother's grandmother went there and, and I don't really feel comfortable there, but that's a tradition. They went there and I've got to be there. They're worshiping people rather than God. You're going somewhere, why? Because your ancestors went there or are you going there because you want to worship God and praise God? And I would say, well, if you're not getting blessed and not getting, why are you there? Well, because my grandmother went there and I've got to honor my grandmother. No, you don't. Well, we need to honor. You understand what I'm saying. But we need to honor God. We need to be in a place where we're getting nourished by the word of God and where the Holy Spirit could work in our lives and change us and transform us. We're, I, we're worshiping God, not grandma. God bless grandma, but we're not worshiping grandma. God bless grandpa, but we're not worshiping grandpa. God bless our whoever, but we're not worshiping them. We're worshiping God. And if God shows me a place where I can go worship him in the freedom of the Holy Spirit and receive the word of engrafted word of God that will change and transform me, that's where I need to be in God's place of worship. And Asa said, stop worshiping grandma, my grandma. And he destroyed that place. And he went and destroyed all the other places 
that were around there. Hezekiah was another one who went and destroyed all of the high places. Josiah was another one who, was, uh, who went and destroyed the high places. And when Josiah went to destroy the high places, he returned and said, you know what? We've got to get back to celebrating and recognizing the Passover. What is the Passover? Remembering the blood of the lamb shed upon the doorpost of the home. We've got to get back to remembering the blood that was shed for you and I. The blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary for you and me to take us upward to a high place of praise and worship in him. God, we've got to destroy the high places of idolatry and we've got to remember the blood, get back to the cross, get back to the blood of Christ shed for us. And when we understand the shed blood of Christ, we want to do nothing but worship God and go higher with him and let God take us to places. And because Josiah's, his heart was right. Because Hezekiah, his heart was right. In the scriptures, those are the Passovers that are recorded. Hezekiah and Josiah. Those were the high places. They're not good. They don't bring good into our lives, but destruction we are the ones who build them. We are the ones who must tear them down. And secondly, we have to know that there is a high priest. His name is Jesus. He is the high priest. There's no one higher than Jesus. Every high priest had a purpose. He was appointed for a purpose. And the purpose was for offering the sacrifices for sin. And that's why Hebrews chapter 5 says that for every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. That's why Leviticus says that the high priest must make atonement for sin. Hebrews 9 says, and according to the law, almost all things are, all things are purified by the blood and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or removal for sin. And that's why the Bible says that, that all have sinned, in Romans, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says Jesus is the high priest, and the purpose of the high priest was to make atonement or remission for the sins of the people. And Christ Jesus has fulfilled the duties of the high priest. He became the final and the only high priest. No more high priests come after Jesus. Jesus is the final and the everlasting high priest of glory. And he has dealt with sin. Hallelujah. Hebrews 5 says this. Though he was a son, he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. God, called by God as high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek. And that's why it says in Hebrews 9, But Christ came as high priest 
of the good things to come with the greater and the more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. We don't need a high place. We need to look to the high priest who shed his blood for you and me that he made atonement. He, made, he did more than that. He removed our sins as far as the east is from the west to remember them no more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's the high priest. And we need to look to the high priest, Jesus, who has made atonement for our sins. You see, that's what has taken place in the, in the high places. When we talk about a high place, it's not on a mountain. The high place is looking at the throne of God. There's nothing higher than at the throne of God. And the Bible tells us that when Jesus ascended, he went to the mercy seat of heaven and sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat of the tabernacle that is in heaven not on earth. And by his blood, we have been redeemed. That's what he has done for us. What he is doing for us on a continual basis. When we look to the high place, not to the high place of a mountain, but when we look to the high place of heaven, we see our high priest Jesus, not only what he has done, shed his blood for the remission of our sins, but what is he doing for you and me now? What we look at the high place and what is Jesus doing for me now is that this, the Bible says, that in Hebrews chapter 12, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood sprinkled speaks better than that of Abel. First Timothy 2, 5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Jesus is praying for you every breath that you breathe. He is actively interceding for you, calling you by name. I just look, got to look to the high heaven of the throne of God and see the high priest whose name is Jesus, that he's made remission of stuff for my sins and he's praying for me. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but there's no one greater to pray for me than Jesus. I respect and honor and covet your prayers, but I just thank God that Jesus is praying for me by name. Are you glad that Jesus prays for you? Yes, your husband needs to pray. Your wife needs to pray. Your parents need to pray. Your friends need to pray. I need to pray. You need to pray. We need to pray. But thank God that Jesus never stops praying for you and me. Hallelujah. He's our intercessor, our high priest intercessor. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2 also that my little children I write to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Hallelujah. We've got someone who will represent you in all oh, hallelujah. He's our advocate. Right now, Jesus is an advocate. He's, he's speaking up on your behalf. 
I can hire lawyers in this world and spend a lot of money, but they can't, they can't, they can't do anything for me in the high place. But I've got an advocate with Father God, Jesus. He's your intercessor. He's your advocate. And you know what else he's doing right now in the high place for you? He's building your faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he has sat down at the right hand of God the Father. He's the author and the finisher or builder of your faith. Jesus is praying that your faith would fail not. What did he say in Luke chapter 22? He says, I have prayed for you that your faith should fail not. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. God wants to build our faith so that we can strengthen one another. And know that there's a Jesus who lives in heaven is there to, that we continue to have faith, that our faith doesn't fail, and we are to build one another up in our most holy faith. We are to encourage one another. That's why God despises people who try to bring other people down, who try to gossip and talk about people to bring them down, to give them bad character, bad reputation. God despises that. God says, I called you to faith, to love, and to build one another up. He's the author and finisher of our faith. Encourage one another, but be encouraged. The Jesus who sits on the throne at the right hand of Father God is there to intercede for you, to be your advocate and to help your faith grow and be strong. He takes us from faith to faith, from glory to glory. God is always bringing us upward. You're going up the steps when you're walking with Jesus. He's take, taking you upward, not downward. God does not bring you down. He brings you up. God says, I want to bring you up. Know that I'm praying for you. Know that I'm your advocate. Know that I'm building your faith. Walk with me. Walk with me. Walk with me. Trust me. Hallelujah. And you know what's going to be taking place in the heavenly realm for you and me? In that high place, God has called us. It says in Revelation 19, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. There's a banqueting hall in heaven that we are called to in the high place. There's no banqueting hall on earth that I know that is going to match what God has at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And God is calling us to the higher banqueting table. To the banqueting table. I don't care what man sets before you. Man can set an elaborate feast before you, but it doesn't compare to the marriage, the banqueting, the marriage supper of the Lamb. When that's God's, he calls us to that. He's coming again. And it says that he, we shall reign on earth with him. And it says that in Revelation, that we will reign with him forever 
and ever. God wants us in that high place with him so that where he is, we, we may be feasting with him and reigning with him. God says, come on up higher. Come on up higher. Reign with me and feast with me. Don't worry about feasting with man to please man. Don't worry about feasting with man to gain, a, to gain this and that. Feast with me and I'll bring you up and I'll have a, a feast with you at the marriage supper and you will reign with me. God is calling us to higher things, higher places. And so he says, walk with me. Let me take you to the high places of heaven. And so number three is we're going to end with these points here. The highway. We've got to choose the highway. We've got to forget the high places and bring them down. They don't do anything for us but bring us despair and oppression and, and just uh, it just doesn't do anything. But God has called us to a high place, the throne of God, where we see Jesus interceding, our advocate, the builder of our faith, where we see love poured out upon us every day that we live and breathe. And so God says, choose, choose the higher way, choose the highway. And we choose that highway because, number one, we know we have been forgiven and we have been set free. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. And as 1 Corinthians 6, 11 says, And such were some of you, sinners and everything else, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. You see what has been done so that we can go to a higher place? Washed. Washed so you can go higher. Sanctified, set apart so you can go higher. Justified, just as if you never sinned so you can go higher. You were washed, sanctified, justified so God can take you higher. God wants you to walk upward with him. And we've been adopted. The Bible says we've been adopted. We've been called sons and daughters. And the spirit crying out in our hearts, Abba, Father. That's why we choose the highway. Because my father lives in the high place. In that high, th in the throne room of God. Not any high place on this earth. My father lives on the throne. His name is Jesus. Father God, Jesus. And so God is saying, choose the higher calling. Choose the higher. I'd rather be adopted by God than any man on this earth. Are you glad that you're a son of, of God? A child of God? There's no higher no higher family. You could be born of a king. You could be born of a queen. You could be born of the president. You could be born of anybody. And that gets you high status in the world. But higher than that, higher, much higher than that, is be called a child of God. With God as your father, there is no higher status. There is no higher calling than to be called a son of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we're called to this, and I'm going to end with this. We are called to come boldly before the throne of grace, the highway to find help in time of need. And who do we find that help from? From the Father, from the Son, and from the Holy Spirit. God is calling us to a highway, a higher way than the ways of this world, 
a highway to go to the throne of God and find help from Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit in our lives. Jesus said, I am the way. God says, my ways are higher than your ways. Choose the highway of living for and walking with Jesus. Choose the highway of turning to Jesus, who's forgiven you, who's redeemed you, who sanctified you, who set you apart, who justified you, who lives to intercede for you, who lives as your advocate, who lives as the builder, the author, and the finisher of your faith. Choose the highway. God has chosen to elevate us this year as a, as a church and as individuals and choose the highway. Let's go upward with God, amen? Let's go upward, bring down the high places, anything that would get in the way of putting something or someone before God. No, that's not gonna happen in my life. Oh no, God is gonna be number one and everything else will come into play in my life that will be blessing and good. Do you believe it? Do you believe Jesus is the high way? He is the way. Do you believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? Then hallelujah. Let's live for him. Shall we? Let's live for Jesus. Let's put nothing above Jesus. Amen? God forgives us. God washes away the past. It's not about the past. It's about today and tomorrow. If God gives us breath tomorrow, let's walk with Jesus. But while we have breath today, let's walk with him. God doesn't look backward. God looks forward. God looks at today. What are you doing today? Richard today chose to walk with Jesus today. God doesn't care about the yesterdays. God cares about today. Today, Richard chose to walk with Jesus, and God will walk with him from this day on. We've chosen to walk with Jesus, and God will walk with you today and every day. But he's walking with you to take you higher, to take you upward to a place where you find grace and mercy and love and everything that you need to find your help in time of need. Stand with me this morning.